All righty then. Uh, we got some good news and we got some bad news. Uh, the good news is they're working diligently on the building. Can we say amen? The bad news is, is we ain't got no bathrooms. Uh, I don't know the extent or how long, uh, but they told me that there's, they're having issues, but they're diligently working on it. Uh, so if you have to go, I wouldn't get in a hurry. <laughs> Has anybody had a week like that this week? Amen. All right. All right. Uh, seriously, no, no bathrooms. I, I don't know. They're, they're working on it. They're doing that. But that was the, the, the message I just received. And, and I, I believe in, in, in 20 something years of preaching, that's the first time I got a message like that. So here we go. Take your Bibles, take your Bibles and, uh, uh, turn with me, turn with me to second Peter chapter number one, and then, uh, Acts chapter number three, second Peter chapter one and Acts chapter number three. Uh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I am so glad to be saved. I'm so glad to be in the Lord's house. I'm glad to have a building with air conditioning. Uh, some things we take for granted sometimes. I'm glad uh, I had a meal today. Uh, I'm glad that we have clothes to wear, shoes to wear. Uh, and, and just having those things, we're richer than probably 70% of the world. And I thank God for this opportunity. 2 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 5. Verse number 5. We are, uh, uh, we've been going through 1 Peter and 2 Peter. If you're here for the very first time, uh, we have been studying some, some issues and areas of life we need to add to our life after we're saved. Uh, salvation comes by grace. Are y'all with me? For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. We cannot work for salvation. But when we get saved, we work it out. Amen? God put something in us that we're to work out on the outside. And, and there are several things listed here. He said, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. And the brotherly kindness, charity, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. I want to read, I want to read verse number five, or excuse me, verse number six again. And to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. Say that with me. And to godliness brotherly kindness. Say it again. Brotherly kindness. Uh, in Ephesians chapter number 4, uh, verse 32 in your notes, just, just hang tight where you are, uh, it says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I want you to take one minute or two minutes and turn around and say something kind to your neighbor. Give him a compliment. Say something kind to your neighbor. Real quickly, real quickly, real quickly. All right. 
right. All right. That's enough kindness. All right. That's our kindness quota for the night. Amen. Uh, look at your neighbor now. Look at your neighbor now. We're just going to practice what we're preaching tonight. Look at your neighbor and give him a smile. Give him a smile. Now think about this. Think about this. Some of y'all, y'all had to work at that one. Say amen. Uh, here's the thing. What we're going to talk about tonight is going to be the easiest, hardest thing you've ever done. The easiest, hardest thing you've ever done. Uh, it's, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to smile, does it? I guess it depends on the day. Amen. Uh, but honestly, if, if we really want to get technical about it, if we really want to get serious about it, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to smile. I've seen people smile when they were hurting. I've seen people smile uh, when they were broken. I've seen people smile uh, when they were down. I've seen people smile in a lot of crazy times and a lot of crazy uh, situations, but they were still able to muster a smile. And, and just giving someone a smile doesn't really require that much effort. Being kind, being kind does not really require much effort. But how many of y'all would agree with me? Sometimes it's real hard to do. Sometimes, and, and I say that because if it wasn't, then we'd be doing more of it. If it wasn't, we'd be doing it more often. If it wasn't difficult to do, if it wasn't difficult to do, this, this world would be a whole lot better place. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for your goodness and mercy tonight. God, I pray that your will be done. I pray that you'll move on us. Help us, Lord. Uh, give us what we stand in need of. Lord, we're not coming here just to be better Bible scholars, Lord. We're not coming here just for more biblical information. We're not coming here uh, just to have something to do while our children are in their children's activities. Lord, we're here to change. We're here to be better. We're here to grow. We're here to develop. We're here to, to, to move further in our Christian walk and our Christian life. God, help us to do that. Help me. God, I desperately need your anointing and your presence and your touch today. God, help me. Help them and, and, and me too. Lord, help us all to uh, uh, just bear one another's burdens. And God, we'll thank you. We'll praise you. We'll give you glory and praise and honor for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. Be ye kind one to another. Charles Swindoll, he said this, Kindness is a language that deaf people can hear and blind people can see. Kindness is a language that deaf people can hear and blind people can see. I looked up the word kind. Looked up the word kind. It says of a sympathetic, forbearing, or pleasant nature. A sympathetic... Or pleasant nature. Uh, 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 how many of us are pleasant to be around? How many of us are pleasant in nature? How many of us have that, that, that atmosphere around us? We, put, we put portray or we put off a pleasant atmosphere. You know, I, I, I kind of put together a, a definition of kindness with the word kind here. Uh, kindness is basically this. It's an outward demonstration of an inward affection. An outward demonstration of what's on the inside. Everywhere Jesus went, he was kind to people. 
He was kind to the broken. He was kind to the needy. He was kind to the hungry. He was kind to the thirsty. Everywhere you found him, he was kind. And he says, be ye kind one to another. I, I, I want to, I wanna, if you'll give me about five minutes where I can, I can just maybe preach just a little bit, an intro to this to help us understand uh, why this is important, why we have an obligation, why we should be kind one to another. Many of the things we're going to talk about uh, uh, is, is what and, and where and how and that type of thing, but we need to know the why. Why should we be kind? I mean, why, why should we go out of our way? Why should we be kind to those who are not kind to us? Why should we be kind to enemies? Why should we be kind uh, to in, in these areas? Man, if you, go back, if you go back in the Old Testament, you'll find one of the greatest expressions of kindness in all of, all of uh, really, all of the Bible, but it represents one of the greatest uh, expressions of kindness to mankind. You find in, in, in Samuel, you'll see that there is a king by the name of David. When King David comes to the throne, y'all know the story behind it. Uh, Saul was the first king of Israel. Saul had a son by the name of Jonathan. Jonathan and David become great friends. And, 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 and throughout the, the time that they were together, they were best friends. And they, had, they loved each other as brothers. And, and here we know that Jonathan dies and, and, and Saul dies. And, and David assumes the throne. And, and Saul... Saul and David were kind of like enemies, not necessarily David to Saul, but Saul to David. And Saul, he loses his life. David ascends the throne. And if you know anything about the culture of that day, when a king would come to the throne, he would destroy the family of the former king to keep an uprising from coming. So technically, technically, Saul and uh, uh, Jonathan and any of their relatives would become enemies. Does that make sense? Say amen. Well, uh, David here is king. He begins to think and he begins to reminisce and, and his mind falls upon Jonathan, his best friend who is now gone, who is now dead. And, I, and, and, and we see that he says, is there anybody of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there is a, there is a servant that comes by the name of Ziba. And he says, I know of a man. His name is Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is over there in Lodibar. Lodibar represents nothing, no thing, no good no help, no, no uh, listen, no joy, no happiness, no anything. He says he's over there with nothing. But there's one thing you need to understand about Mephibosheth. He is a cripple. He is broken in his legs because when he was young, somebody dropped him when they fled. I'm here to tell you there is a place in mankind where we see that we are condemned because of what somebody else did. He's a cripple. He can't walk. He can't walk. He's no good to society. He's no good to man. He's no good to anybody. He's just a cripple. He's just dependent on somebody else's mercy. And David said, that's exactly who I'm looking for. I want you to go get him. I want you to go fetch him. And he's going to sit at my table. He's going to eat meat at my table. He's going to eat as one of my sons. Are y'all with me? You say, what's the big deal about that? We find a king showing kindness to somebody who couldn't reciprocate that same kindness. That, but, 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 but to get the real story, to get the real truth behind it, you need to understand that King David is a type of the sovereign. Jonathan is a type of the Savior. Uh, Zeba is a type of the Spirit. And Mephibosheth is a type of the sinner. And we find that David the king had, had the sinner on his mind. 
David the king thought about me when I didn't even think about him. I was broken and undone. And when I couldn't get to where the king was, the king came to me. And the spirit, I'm glad this, I'm glad as Ziba, the servant, the servant, the type of the Holy Spirit. Listen, he knew his name, he knew his nature, he knew right where he was. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this, when you was wherever you was in sin, when you was ever, like as the psalmist said, I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me. Where was I at? I was in a, 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 a horrible pit, in a miry clay. And when I was there in that place where I couldn't fix my and I couldn't help myself. He knew my name. He knew my nature. He knew my problem. He knew right where I was. And I'm glad to know the Holy Spirit will find you. It doesn't matter where you are. You don't have to be in a church house to get saved. You don't have to, oh, somebody say amen. The Holy Spirit knew exactly where he was. And the king, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's, let's wrap this all together. Let's wrap this all together. The Bible says, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Watch this now. Even as God, the sovereign, David, amen, even as God, for Christ's sake, uh, Jonathan, hath forgiven you. You're Mephibosheth. <laughs> God the Father is David. Jonathan is the Savior. David showed kindness to Mephibosheth because of Jonathan. God shows kindness to you because of Jesus. Are y'all with me? Why should I be kind? Why should I be forgiven? Why should I be merciful? Because there was a day in my life when he came to me. There was a day in my life when he showed me the greatest kindness and the greatest mercy by forgiving me of my sin, by fixing my problem, by doing something for me that I could not do for myself. Somebody say amen. Now, because of all that, we need to do the rest of this stuff. Are y'all with me? So while we're studying this, while we're looking at these, and let me say this, let me say this. I'm just going to be transparent tonight. Some of this stuff's very difficult for me, very difficult. And, and, and I'll, I'll just be honest when we get to those parts, but, but we need to. We need to. That person irritates the fire out of you. Be kind to it. Mm-hmm. You see, you already got a, a mental image in your head. I'm going to have to be kind to them. No, no, no. That person at work, that relative, mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and give the invitation right now. Amen. Lord, help us, God. Amen. I'm, I'm kidding. Number one, number one. Let's look, at, let's look in Acts, Acts chapter number 3. <clears throat> in, 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 looking, in looking for kindness, in looking for kindness, we can, we can kind of get the motivation for what we just read, right? We can get motivation for, for, for uh, being kind from, from the story of David and Mephibosheth, but here's an illustration of it. Here's, here's how we can apply this to our life in everyday, in everyday living. We find two people, Peter and John. These are kind of like... These are kind of like church celebrities. Uh, you know, 
Peter walked on water. Uh, uh, Peter, Peter and John both was kind of like the, the, the inner circle. They were in the inner three that got to see things the rest of the disciples didn't get to see. You know, they were in the upper room when, when, when Jesus uh, raised the damsel back to life. And, and uh, they, were, they were in that special prayer meeting in the Garden of Gethsemane. Are y'all with me? Uh, they, they, they just got to see something. They was on the Mount of Transfiguration with the Lord. And, and, and they, they were kind of like church celebrities. Anytime Jesus Christ... Uh, uh, commits his own earthly mother to you for safekeeping, you're a celebrity. Say amen. Everybody knew who John was. Everybody knew who Peter was. Uh, 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 anytime you're a church leader and you cuss, they're going to remember you. Say amen. Peter, Peter, and, and John, celebrities. And, and I, don't use that, I don't use that term in a, in a derogatory fashion. Everybody knew them. They were, they were, they were popular uh, 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 they, they were busy. They were busy. Uh, they had a lot of things going at the time. And watch what it says. Verse 1, uh, Acts 3, 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. So basically you have... You have a man who is, who is crippled. He is broken. Uh, uh, he is here because uh, you got to understand in that day, there was, no, there was no welfare. There was no social security. There was no anything like that. If you were crippled, you were a beggar. You were at the mercy of everybody else. And here you are. They would bring him, his family or whoever he was burdened to, uh, would bring him to this gate and lay him. And hope, hopefully, hopefully religious people would have mercy. Hopefully, somebody would share uh, some monetary uh, means, and that's what he was asking for. He was begging. He was, this, was not, this was not a panhandler. This was not somebody doing it for a living uh, that could get out and work. This was somebody he had no other choice. He had no other choice, and here he is, and, and he, is, he, is, he is asking. He's asking for help. He's asking for money. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asking alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. He kind of got excited. Maybe I'm going to get some help. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. There's enough preaching right there for a month. Amen. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he who sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. Greatly wondering. All right, here's our lessons. Here, here's our lesson. Uh, number one, if you're taking notes, uh, here, here's the lesson. Number one. What, what did he do? When we see the actions that, that, that Peter took uh, in this particular story, in this particular situation, to be kind, he was practicing what he saw his Savior do. Amen? And he, I believe he was operating in the Spirit. Now, you, some people think, well, the anointing is for preaching and the anointing is for teaching and, and being Spirit-filled is, 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 you know, for all that religious stuff. I believe you got to be Spirit-filled to be kind to your enemy. Y'all with me? 
I don't believe we can work that up in the flesh. I don't, I don't believe, it's, just, it's like forgiveness. You, you can't forgive somebody that's hurt you in your own self-will, in, uh, in your own fleshly ability. It doesn't work that way. And I believe the actions that he takes place right here, he's doing it filled with the Spirit of God. And under, if you want to use that terminology, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he is doing it, walking and being led by the Spirit of God. Just daily operations. And this, this is something that we need to really understand, especially what we're studying on Sunday, especially what we're going through on Sunday, that, that, we, that we, don't, we don't just need God on Sunday. Man, I need God on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Uh, I, I don't just need God when we go to have church. I need God when I go to be whatever I am during the week. Now, here they are going up in the temple, and they're probably late if they were Baptists. Amen. Uh, <laughs> it never fails to amaze me how this building right here can go from a handful that can't find a seat in the matter of a song. Usually, I don't ever get up to the platform till it's about my time or close to it. And 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 one time I had to I had to do the welcome kind of early or make a little announcement before church started. And I said, "Dear God, the rapture has taken. Ain't nobody in here." <laughs> Jalen said, "Don't worry, preacher. Everything's all right. It looks like this every Sunday." Amen. I said, "Man, I'd have a heart attack." But but usually we we're all coming in on a wing and a prayer. Say amen right there. Some of us are early, but that's a rare occasion at Temple Baptist Church. They were probably in a hurry, probably going, hey, we got, man, it's time, to, it's time to go in and pray. So here we are. They were in their schedule. They were in their daily routine. They had their agenda, and something happened. Somebody stopped them. Somebody interrupted them. Somebody, somebody interrupted their schedule. So here's the first thing we see when it comes to kindness. When it comes to kindness, first thing we see is he paid attention. He paid attention. He hasn't bought anything. He hasn't fixed anything. He hasn't done anything except pay attention. And I'm here to tell you, sometimes that's hard to do. We have our schedules, we have our plans, and most of the time, if we'll all be honest, we're usually behind schedule. We usually have more on our itinerary than we can get done in a month, and we're trying to get it done in one day, and we're freaking out about it, and we're just going crazy, and we're trying to get all this done. And sometimes, sometimes we fail to see people that God puts in our path because we fail to pay attention. And, 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 and sometimes it's, it, it's, it's not an on-purpose thing. Sometimes it's just we've been so programmed in mode that we don't see other people, even though they're right in front of us. We, we, we just go so wide open that we, we fail to pay attention. Uh, to one, write this down. A, when it comes to paying attention, especially in this story, we see something, something took place. First, there was an interrupted, <clears throat> there was a, a delayed itinerary. There was a delayed itinerary. 
And this, there's two things that we can learn from this. Two things that we can learn from this. Uh, they got to go pray. They got their, they got to go do what they're supposed to do, the right thing to do. And, and even, even doing the right thing, sometimes, sometimes, uh, doing a good thing can hinder us from doing the best thing. How many of y'all would agree it's good to pray? How many of y'all agree they should pray? How many of y'all agree that though sometimes God has something better than good? But we got to pay attention. We got to do what Jesus did at the well with the woman who comes to the well. We got to pay attention. You know, a lot of us are wanting God to use us. A lot of us are wanting uh, God to, to, to send us we, we, we think, Lord, send it. And we, we think about Kenya and we think about uh, Costa Rica and we think about Memphis where they just came from and we think about all these places and God might want to send you across to the other booth. And we, we look at Kenya as a mission field. We look at Uganda as a mission field. We look at Germany as a mission field and God may have somebody right next to us that we never see because we fail to pay attention. But you see, this delayed, this delayed itinerary. Preacher, what's the point? What's the point? How many of y'all remember? How many, how many y'all remember the Good Samaritan? Y'all know the story. It's right there in your notes. Luke ten thirty, and Jesus answering said, "A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead." Now watch what happens. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He was busy. Now, Jesus used these particular people, the scribe and the priest, because these were people that should have done something. If anybody should have done something, they should have done something. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Here's what I want you to see about kindness. Sometimes, number one, kindness is usually inconvenient. Kindness is usually inconvenient. Uh, kindness, kindness, uh, is usually not in the schedule. We don't usually put in, this, in, in our daily planner, stop for 20 minutes and help this person fix their tire. Y'all with me? Kindness is usually inconvenient. And a lot of times, a lot of times, we fail to do stuff because it's not convenient. I mean, we, we see this in the Bible. We see this in this story. I don't believe these two guys, I don't believe these two guys, honestly, I don't believe they hated this guy. It possibly, it possibly could have been, but I don't believe that. I believe they was busy. I believe maybe, maybe possibly, well, if I stop here, I'm going to miss my schedule. If I stop and maybe, or it could be this too. Maybe I may have to put something out of my pocket to help this situation. But I do know this, kindness is usually inconvenient kindness also if you write this down in your notes kindness is usually inconspicuous inconspicuous what does that mean it's rarely seen it's rarely seen or noticed 
There's a lot of people that will be kind if they get noticed. And, and, and there's a lot of people get frustrated and upset if their kindness was not noticed. I'm telling it. Watch this. Watch what it says. Luke 14, 12. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. In other words, when you're kind, don't just be kind to somebody and be kind to you. Don't be kind to be seen. Boy, this is, this is, this is, this is an issue. This causes problems in churches. A lot of people want to sing so they can be seen. A lot of people want positions so they can be seen. A lot of times, you know what people's done because they won't stop talking about it. Jesus, even in giving, you know what Jesus said? Don't let your left hand know what your right hand doing. That's pretty secret right there, amen? Well, what kind of world would we have if Christians, just Christians, decided to be kind whether somebody was watching or not? Here we are, this guy, he needs help. He, 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 needs, he needs some assistance. And, and Peter just pays attention. You know, sometimes there was, there was a, a, write this down, write this down, write this down. I'm going to get ahead of myself. There is a, what was A, tell me A again. There was a delayed itinerary. Say that with me. There was a delayed itinerary. And what do we learn from that? That usually kindness is not convenient. Kindness is not convenient. It, it sometimes, sometimes it's not going to be easy to be kind to somebody. All right? Then B, write this down. Write this down. Not only is there a delayed itinerary, but there's a displayed, what's the word? Interest. What does it say? Peter focused his eyes on him. He fastened his eyes on him. In paying attention, in paying attention, you got to pay attention. In paying attention, sometimes you got to focus. Now, this is very hard for me. It's, it, part of it's my nature. Part of it is the nature of the beast. When you pastor a large congregation, you have a lot of people that need your attention and that want your ear. And, and, and sometimes people are not nice and they're not kind and they don't understand if you're talking to somebody here, you really shouldn't interrupt them. Really. That, 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 so, so here I'm trying to focus here. I'm trying to focus here on this person's and they're coming just around them and putting their hand to shake me. And I'm like, dude, don't you see me talking to this person? So, so I'm trying to 
help this person not be mad at me because I, I, I want them to know, I'm, hey, I'm not ignoring you, but I'm trying to focus on this one. And, then, and if I look at this one, then this is going to think, I'm, he's ignoring me. He ain't listening to me. I'm listening to you both. That's why I'm cross-eyed. And, 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 then, and, then, and then you have this line, and it's so, so dangerous and so easy to hear it but not hear it. How many of y'all, y'all ever seen uh, 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 Charlie Brown? Y'all seen Charlie Brown? How many of y'all ever heard the teacher on Charlie Brown? Wah, 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 wah. And they're talking, and, 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 and you're thinking, I wonder what that third one Rose got to say. I wonder what their problem is. I wonder what they're mad at this time. Now, look, I told y'all, y'all got the most honest pastor in America. Don't even act self-righteous to me like y'all ain't never done this. And so here I am, and, and boy, God, I, just Sunday, just Sunday, I was, I was going through the, I was going through the, through the, the uh, yeah, that big room in there, amen, the gym. And, uh, and uh, Jeff, you in here? Uh, Jeff Robertson? He, he, uh, yeah, your daddy, not you, you heathen. That's Jeff too, amen? <laughs> Jeff one. Uh, he he is he is over uh now now we're good buddies. I mean we're good which I'm good buddies with Jeff too, too, but Jeff won. Um uh he's he was the one that that called me, the very first one from Alabama I ever heard from in my life was Jeff Robertson Sr. And he was instrumental in getting me over here and that type of thing. And anyhow, we've been best buds and all that kind of thing. So we're really close. I mean really close. And, and so, so we have the line, we have life recovery on Sunday and, 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 uh, most of you know, we pick up a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, uh, the work release guys from, from the jail and we, we feed them before they go back because by the time we're through, they've done served lunch at the jail. So we, we, we fixed them a meal. And so they were in line and, and, and I'm going and, and you got to understand something after Sunday morning, the third service, I'm almost done. I mean, it's three services back to back, and and preaching, and and just going after, and 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 just the emotional strain, and all of this kind of stuff. So, so I'm almost kind of in a zone where I'm in a bubble, almost. I I, I see you, but I don't see you. You see me. <laughs> and so here I am, here I am going, and I'm I'm trying to I'm, y'all get 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 enough to eat, trying to keep that role and the pastor thing, and. And, and so the line's right here, and, and I go to go through the line, and I'm going, and I'm saying, I say, hey, buddy, how you doing? And it was Jeff. I thought he was in line. I thought it was one of, the, one of our students from, from Life Recovery, and, and I just walked on by, and I said, hey, buddy, how you doing? And he just played along because he's half retarded, and he said, well, hey, buddy, how are you doing? And then I just stood up and stopped, and I'm like, I said, I'm going to kill you, boy. <laughs> he said, you need to look up every now and then. Amen. But do y'all hear me? How often do we get so caught up in life and so caught up that there's people right there we never see? Because we have to focus. 
Now that takes effort. If you, if you, and, and trust me, trust me, this is something I got to work on. This is something I think we all have to work on. But if we're going to pay attention, we got to focus. And, and, and in order to, to focus, though, this is not in the notes, but I think we're to write this down. You need to be interested in the one you're focusing on. You see, Peter cared about this cripple that was at the gate. And as he focused on him, as he focused on him, he saw more than just a cripple. And the problem with us sometimes is we can't see more than what's right there. Sometimes all we see is the aggravating person that usually gets on our nerves. Come on, are we going to be honest or are we just going to, you know? We can't see past, can't see past the need. Here's, my, here's, here's an illustration. Here's an illustration. Irma, Irma Bombach, she, uh, see if you can relate to this story. She told about a time when she was so tired of listening. She had listened to her son tell in minute detail about a movie he had just seen punctuated by at least a thousand you knows and okays. And then she had received several telephone calls filled with mindless chatter that never seemed to end. So it was with genuine relief that she was able to tell the last caller that she had to rush off to the airport. She got into a taxi cab, and as the taxi cab driver took her to the airport, he told her all about his son who had won a scholarship to college and how he was making straight A's, and Irma had to sit there and listen to it all. She said, but once I got to the airport and realized that I was 30 minutes early, I breathed a sigh of relief and thought, I have 30 whole minutes where I don't have to listen to anybody, and all God's people said right there. I can just sit here and read my book and not be bothered at all. But no sooner had I opened my book when an elderly female voice said to me, I bet it's cold in Chicago. Say that with me. Well, I suppose, Irma said. She didn't even look up from her book. The elderly woman said, I hadn't been in Chicago for three years. The woman said, my son lives there. That's nice, said Irma. Then the woman continued on. My husband's body is on this plane. We were married for 53 years. I don't drive, you see. And the funeral director, he was so nice. He drove me to the airport today, and her voice just kind of droned on. Here was a woman who didn't want money or advice or counsel. All she wanted was someone to listen. And in desperation, she had turned to a total stranger with her story. Irma said she continued to talk to me until they announced that we were boarding the plane. We walked onto the plane, and I saw her sit down in another section, and as I hung up my coat, I heard her say to the person next to her, I bet it's cold in Chicago. You see? Now, let me say this. Let me say this. I think everybody needs time to breathe. Don't, don't get me wrong with with thinking that, that I don't understand the fact that everybody needs time to breathe and time to, I get it. Boy, do I get it. But let's not get so caught up on a, a constant basis that we get in the habit of not paying attention. Uh, sometimes... 
Sometimes it's a, it's a safety mechanism. And I, don't, I may feel different about this. I may feel different about this when I'm 60. But I, I, I go, I've gone to several funerals, several funerals. And a lot of times you'll see, you'll see ministers that are kind of robotic. Because it's, it's kind of like an EMT. They see so much horror and, and hurt and pain and all of this kind of stuff that if they don't build up some kind of wall or something like that, that, that they will go crazy. And, and so they have to be kind of numb to all of that kind of thing. And, and I, I've seen that in, in, in ministers sometimes just kind of be robotic through that because, and I know what it is, but, but, but I haven't figured out how to hit that button yet. And I, I hope I don't. I really do, because I, I, usually if they're crying, I'm crying with you. Here we go. I don't even know you. I, I did a funeral. The other day. They had no idea. One person in the whole building I knew, never seen him before ever, and I was squalling too. And, 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 and what I'm saying by that, sometimes in a, in a self-preservation mode, we can put up barriers and walls around us that keep people out that God wants to bring in. And, and it causes us not to pay attention. So what we need to do, what we need to do is, is pray. Because the, the, the verse says, be kind one to another. And then there's a real important word. Before it goes on to that real, even more difficult thing, that forgiving stuff. Because sometimes forgiving is more difficult than being kind. But right in the middle of it, there's one word that he just inserts in this verse that I think is so important to being able to accomplish these two things about being kind and forgiving. He said, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. Tenderhearted. Y'all know what it means to be tenderhearted. I don't have to get the Webster's out for that. How many of y'all would agree with me that sometimes we can, we can slip from being tender-hearted to hard-hearted. It's, <laughs> help some people and, and, and watch their short memories. And see if you don't get a tendency to get hard-hearted. I was whining about that today. But I was whining to a staff member and they're sworn to secrecy or I'll fire them. Sometimes you think, we did this and we did that and we went out of our way and we did all this stuff. And they, and sometimes it'll make you just want to, I ain't doing nothing to help. That's the last time I helped somebody. That's right, preacher. You, you're telling the truth right there. I tell you what, you preaching tonight, Amen. I guess I'm going to just be honest. None of y'all going to be. Am I telling the truth? And we see this stuff, and it's very easy to get hard-hearted. So I think we have to constantly go to God and say, God, keep me tender. Keep me tender. Because I'm not going to be kind, and I'm not going to be forgiven. Unless I'm tender. Boy, it's so important to be tender. Job 
went through hell on earth. But this one verse stands out in the book of Job. Job said, he maketh my heart soft. And boy, sometimes we just need to say, God, make my heart soft. Don't let me get hard. Don't let me get in a bubble. God, don't let me get into that place where I shut everybody out and I don't pay attention and I don't see what's right in front of me. Amen. He paid attention. He paid attention. Number two. Number two. He provided assistance. He provided assistance. He looked on him. He fastened his eyes. And he gave heed unto them. He thought he was going to get some money. Watch this. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Here's, here's two things I want you to write down under, under the assistance he provided. First, he ignored his insufficiency. This man wanted money. He wanted silver and gold. But in order for Peter to be kind, he had to ignore what he didn't have. Do you know why a lot of us won't be kind? Because we don't think we have anything to give. Well, I don't have nothing. Now, let's move past just money. Let's move past just the thought of money. Uh, uh, let's, 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 let's move into the realm of, of what does God want you to give? It may be forgiveness. It may be mercy. It may be love. Are y'all with me? Say Amen. But we've got to quit thinking about what we don't have. When God wants us to be kind, we've got to quit thinking about what we don't have. We've got to quit thinking about our insufficiency. We've got to quit thinking about what we lack. Well, I can't speak like you, or I can't preach like you, or I can't teach like you, or I can't sing like you, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. I'm not educated. I'm not talented. I'm not this, and I'm not that. Forget all about that. It's not what you don't have. David didn't have the size. David didn't have the experience in war. David was a young man who had very little in the way of weapons, but he went down in a, in a valley and killed a giant. Say amen. The widow didn't have much, but she had enough, and God touched it and fed her and her family and the prophet throughout the whole famine. The little lad had one little lunch, one little old measly lunch that was only big enough for one little fella, but he was willing to look and give that to Christ, and Christ fed thousands. Don't tell God what you don't have. Don't tell God what you don't have. Just give him what you do have. He said, son, I don't have silver and I don't have gold, but what I do have, you can have it. Amen. Listen, he ignored, he ignored his insufficiency. He ignored his lack. He said, here, I got something for you. Then B, then B, he not only ignored his insufficiency, B, he increased his involvement. Write that down. He increased his involvement. Here's, here's the thing we got to get. We got to get this. 
And we got to get it in seven minutes, amen? Uh, talk's cheap. Talk is cheap. The Bible says he... Sometimes you got to give a hand. He, 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 he could have spoke all he wanted to. But the Bible says he gave him a hand. That's not convenient. That may mean you got to get off the couch. That may mean you got to get out your comfort zone. That, that may mean we have to do what we don't want to do. He lent a hand. What, you say, preacher, let me tell you what I can't do. Don't tell me that. Just tell me what you're willing to do. Because whatever you're willing to do, Jesus can make up for it. Y'all with me? Now watch this. Y'all know what happened. Y'all, let, me, let me shorten this. He got up. Crippled. Crippled all his life. Couldn't walk. Paralyzed his whole life, and now he's standing. But see, if you're crippled your whole life and you get healed, you're going to have ants in your pants. You say, how you know? Because on the way into church, he was leaping. He was trying out them new legs of his. Amen. He would talk a while, hug a while, leap a while, praise a while. Are y'all with me? And here, here, now watch. This is, this is what I want you to get. A simple, random act of kindness turned into a supernatural divine appointment. If Peter would have not slowed up long enough to pay attention, he may have never seen a divine appointed miracle. I can't tell you how many times. I had, a, had an old story. I don't have time to read it. But a story of a boss who walks in, the guy that worked with Yahoo, walks into an office, taps the guy on the shoulder and says, Man, I appreciate your, your work here. You're always on time. You always turn your reports on time. And I am so glad that you're in my life. Turns around and walks out the door. What he didn't know, for three solid weeks, three solid weeks, he had been going and, and, and contemplating suicide. He had been working himself up, working his courage up to take his own life because he didn't think he was important. And he sent the note back. I, I wished I'd we had time, but it's a great story. And told his boss the whole story of what he had done and what he had led up to. And, 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 and one random act of kindness. Just, just a... How much effort did that take? Save somebody's life. Now, I, I get it. Boy, if anybody in this church gets it. I get it. We're busy. 
But how many miracles are we missing out every week because we won't pay attention? Say, what happened? Write these three things down. Number one, he paid attention. Number two, he provided assistance. Number three, he prompted action. What kind of action? First, worshiping the cripple. Eight, verse eight. And he leaping up stood and walked. And watch where he went. And entered with them into the temple. You want to get somebody to go to church with you? Be nice. We're making this thing way too complicated. Be nice. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember what Gandhi said? You know, Gandhi? India, Gandhi? They asked him about Christianity. What's the, what's the biggest hindrance to Christianity? Gandhi said, Christians. He said, I love your Christ. I just don't like your Christians. Because the Christians don't act like they're Christ. What if we started being nice? I got two minutes. Watch this. I was listening to a radio show one time. And I don't ever call into them stupid things. I did this time. They were interviewing, they were talking about, they were talking about Sunday. And, 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 and please, get this. Please get this. If you don't take nothing else, no notes, pay attention to what I'm saying right here. Waitresses and waiters were calling in. They were talking about tippers and non-tippers and jerks and having to, having to serve people and all this kind of stuff. And they said the worst day of the week, we all hate to work and try to get out of working, is Sunday. And more specifically, when church people get out of church. They said they're the rudest, most inconsiderate, cheapest tippers. Boy, I was mad. I called them. I told them I was a pastor. They said, is that right? I said, yeah. And I know what I'm preaching Sunday. And if y'all been here long enough, you know I did. Really? I mean, we've got a reputation in America that the rudest people all week long are church people? I was asked asked to, to be a waiter, celebrity waiter, at the Brain and Iron. I was good, too. Let me just say, I was really, no. And boy, we was, we, was, we was getting down. I mean, going after it. And, 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 and you know, my people, church people from Temple, they gave me the biggest grief out of all of them. Say, man, I, y'all, y'all, y'all was enjoying all that. And I thought to myself, man, and I guarantee you, after, after, after hearing that on the radio, experiencing that, Everything about how I treat them people is different. Everything about my tipping's different. Everything about my behavior is different. It's got to be really bad for me to say, hey, you reckon, you know, this fungus on here, you can take that off or something, you know. 
Got to be bad. Plus, I saw 2020 where they were spitting your food, so I don't send nothing back. Amen. I'm, I'm... Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. How many more people we could reach if we was just nice? Well, bless God, I paid for my food. Yeah, and, and, and you don't know what they're going through neither. It don't matter. You're supposed to be nice. You're, uh, uh, I'm over time, but I'm going to tell this one. This woman was getting a divorce, and, and, uh, and, and, and the judge was a Christian, and, and uh, she, she's telling him over and over, I, I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried to get my husband to change, and, and uh, he just won't change for nothing. And, and the judge was trying his best to save the deal. And, and uh, he said, ma'am, have you ever tried heaping coals of fire on his head? Y'all know the, the story in the Bible, to heap coals of fire on their head. And he said, have you ever tried to heap coals of fire on his head? He said, I, she said, I don't think that'll work. I've tried scalding water, and that didn't work either. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry. I, I read that one, and I had to just come to my mind. Amen. What did one random act of kindness promote? Worship in somebody that was broken. Wonder in the crowd. Verse 10, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. You know, I think it would just cause wonder in most lost people if they saw Christians acting nice. It'd blow their mind. Then witness in the Christian, verse 16, he was able to share Christ. One random act of kindness caused a supernatural event to take place, which returned to the ability to Peter say, let me tell you how this guy got up. And he was able to reveal Jesus to this big crowd by one simple act of kindness. And, 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 and you know what? You know what would be a great place to start being kind? Here. Why don't we practice with each other? Then we'll get good at it. And then it won't be so hard to do it out there. Be ye kind one to another. It's sad that you'll talk to a total stranger a lot more harsh than you'll talk to your own spouse. Who's supposed to be your best friend. I'm I'm guilty. I'm guilty. We in a, this discussion, phone ring, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. It's just wonderful. <laughs> Am I right? Here's the thing. Let's do this. Let's practice this this week. Let's be kind. I'm very sure if we pay attention, God will show us who we need to be kind to. Just pay attention. And, and I'm, I'm fairly positive that by simple acts of kindness, we can see supernatural, God-given divine appointments. And all God's people say it. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness. Lord, thank you for this word, this truth that we've learned tonight. It is definitely the hardest, easiest thing we've ever going to have to do. God, help us to practice it. Help us to put it into operation in our life. 
And God, I pray that you'll help us to be nice one to another so we can go out and be nice to this world. Because, Lord, we do live in a not nice world. And, and God, we can make a difference. We can make a difference. Christians can make a real difference by simply being nice. Being nice when we've done wrong and being nice when we've been mistreated. Be nice when we're in the valley. Be nice when we're on the mountaintop. Just, just be nice. Lord, I know.